rescuer has come, and he is on an all-out kingdom invasion. The gospel according to Mark is a fast-paced retelling of the story of Jesus, but it's so much more than just a story of Jesus. Because what it's talking about is Jesus bringing in something that the Bible calls the kingdom of God. Throughout this biography of Jesus, we're getting more than just an account of his life, but what we are seeing is a battle between kingdoms play out before our eyes with Jesus leading the invasion in. The Old Testament prophets would call this the day of the Lord, the day when God would finally usher in his reign to set all things right and restore his world to the way it's supposed to be. Read the other three Gospels if you're looking for Jesus' teaching. Mark focuses on Jesus' action and authority. Mark is interested in the battle scenes. Now in the beginning, everything was as it should be. The way that God had intended and designed the world to be, And people to be with each other and their creation and the God who made them and it all. But through intrigue and deception. We witness in the story of the Bible an enemy force through deception and intrigue. Seeking to needle its way in to God's kingdom and usurp it from the inside out. And with the weapons of sin in death, it establishes a pseudo-reign, destroying that what God intended all along. But make no mistake, Jesus is the king. God's divine and rightful heir to the throne and the kingdom. And he knows what God's kingdom is supposed to be like. Goodness, justice, life, wholeness, what the scriptures would call shalom. And and he knows what's not supposed to be there as well. And every step of the gospel according to Mark unfolds Jesus' invasion, overturning and overthrowing the pseudo-reign of the kingdom of darkness, defeating it again and again and again, pushing it back from the borders and liberating the people who are enslaved by its oppression. Whenever Jesus shows up on the scene, read this in the gospel of Mark. Demons who have enslaved people shriek at his presence and flee from before him. People broken under the tyranny of disease are healed by a mere touch. Lepers are cleansed and those who are paralyzed walk. Those who are blind are able to see. All offenses against the kingdom of God, treason and sin is forgiven at his mere words. Those who find themselves under the corruption of darkness are restored again, made whole 
and made clean. The chaos of nature that rages calms with nothing more than a word. Food is multiplied at his request and scarcity turns into abundance as people eat everywhere. Even death itself is reversed as Jesus pushes back the kingdom of darkness again and again and again. And then when you least expect it, Near the end, when it doesn't seem like like the kingdom can be defeated by any means, it takes a turn. It would seem for the worse. As Jesus, the rightful king, leading this invasion of the kingdom of God, is betrayed, arrested and shamed, hung up on a cross to die, humiliated and stripped of power, taunted and ridiculed and killed before the people's eyes who he came to redeem. But in what might be the greatest plot twist in all of history, it was when Jesus looked defeated that darkness's death knell rang out and that the kingdom of darkness was overthrown. That in his most humble moment, the king gives his life for his people, winning the final victory over the kingdom of darkness once and for all and three days later. The author of life who gave his life raises back to life. Ushering in a new age of the reign of the kingdom of God. This is the gospel according to Mark. And all this year, we're using this gospel according to Mark as a window into this deeper, more prevailing topic throughout the Bible called the kingdom of God. A window, if you will, to see what God's kingdom looks like, tastes like, sounds like, feels like. The images, the pictures, the conflict, the story, the victory. To give us an idea of what God is actually up to in this world and God is seeking to do among the people of this world, among me and you. This is the gospel according to Mark in this November. We're looking at the first five chapters of this account. Today, we look at chapter four. And it's all about something very peculiar, very strange, that, that if you're not paying attention, you'll just, well, you just might miss it. That the kingdom of God is as powerful and big and strong and glorious as it is. The power and authority that's displayed before it, nonetheless, when it comes, comes small, insignificant, weak. It can go by unnoticed. If you're not looking for it, it will pass you by. It will feel inconsequential. But make no mistake, Jesus has other things in mind. Sleeper cells, we can call it. Lying in wait. 
seeds, beginnings, elements of his kingdom being spread by him, beginning a work that will explode into the goodness and liberation and freedom from his reign. And as I take you through Mark chapter 4 today, watch for it. If you have ears, hear. Actually hear. And don't let it catch you unaware. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the lake. And the crowd that gathered around him was so large that Jesus got in a boat, sat in it, and went out on the lake while all the people gathered along the shore at the water's edge. And he began to teach them many things. Using parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came. And they ate it up. Some fell among rocky places where there wasn't much soil. And the seed, it it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they withered. Well, it makes sense because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns and it grew and was choked out by those thorns. Still others, well, fell among good soil. And they came up and they grew and they produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, the twelve came to him and uh, those who were gathered around him. And they asked him about these parables. And this is what he said to them. He's like, to you, huddle up. To you, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given. To those on the outside, everything is said in parables. It's said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but not perceiving and ever hearing but not understanding. And, you know, otherwise it might turn and be forgiven. You understand the parable? How do you not understand the parable? 
If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Now, the seed that falls along the path, well, it's like people. People who hear the word, but then Satan comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. Others are like the seed sown in the rocky places. They hear it, and at once they, they receive it with joy. But because they have no root, they last only a short time. When, when the troubles and persecutions because of the word come along, they, they quickly fall away. Others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the troubles of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and, well, honestly, the desire for other things come in. And it chokes it out, making it unfruitful. But there are others. Others like the seed sown on the good soil who, when they hear it, they accept it. And they produce a crop. Multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times what is sown. Look, guys, can I be straight? Which of you brings a lamp inside and puts it under a bed or a bowl? Instead, Don't you put it on its stand? He who has ears to hear, let him hear and consider carefully what you hear. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. This is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man who scatters his seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he's asleep or awake, it sprouts up and it grows, even though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel within the head. And when the grain is ripe, He takes the sickle to it because the harvest has come. 
How else can I describe the kingdom of God to you? What else is the kingdom of God like? What parable shall I use to describe it? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The smallest of seeds planted in the ground. But plant it, and it grows to become the largest of plants in the garden, with branches so big that even the birds of the air come and perch in it to find their shade. And with many similar parables... Jesus spoke the word to them. As much as they were able to understand. He never said anything to them without using a parable. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he'd explain everything. Later that day, When evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And so his disciples took Jesus along just as he was to the other side of the lake, away from the crowds, and there were other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves crashed over the boat, and the boat was nearly swamped, and Jesus was asleep in the stern on a cushion. And his disciples came to him and woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. And the winds died down, and it was immediately calm. So he got up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. And the winds died down. And it was immediately calm. So he got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. And the wind died down. And it was immediately calm. I want to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. So he got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, quiet. Be still. 
and the wind died down and it was immediately calm. He got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, quiet. Be still. And the wind died down. And it was immediately calm. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they said to one another, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. What is invading your life? What is invading that which God has sown within you, seeking to strangle it, choke it, minimize it, or drive it away? What storms rage inside of you and around you? that fill you with fear as you stand powerless before them. Quiet, be still, he said. The king with authority over heaven and earth is here. This is the gospel according to Mark. I'm going to ask you to rise. What kind of dirt are you? Because Jesus wants to know. The kind that lets what he says to you be plucked away so it is gone and forgotten. The kind with no root. So whatever feeble amount is there withers and dies. The kind that you allow to be choked by the desires of other things in this world or the troubles that come or the kind that when they come face to face receive 
what God is planting in them, what kind of dirt are you? Jesus wants to know. And the answer to that question makes all the difference in the face of every storm.